Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back in here. One o'clock hour on a Wednesday. Dana Park's coming up an hour from right now. I don't mean to keep harping on this, but now we're digging into ticket prices for the KC Current. And we have reached out to them to come on and and explain themselves a little bit. Um, so we're getting more texts, and I would encourage you to call. I, I feel like I need a better handle on how crazy expensive it is going to be to go to a match at the new stadium. Um, if you missed it, season ticket holders got an email today and they are furious and you are texting us that you are furious and I get it saying in addition to whatever you paid to be a season ticket holder, they are offering um, a year long or a season long parking pass that will cost you $50 per match. That's on par with what you pay to park at Arrowhead um, plus fees. And so given the number of matches that there are, you're going to pay $700 to park for the season plus a hundred dollars in fees for $800 total, $50 to park. Um, we were starting to look into ticket pr- and it's a brand new shiny stadium, right? But if the Royals in a move downtown say that because of our shiny new stadium, now, I guess you're already used. To, is parking the same for games at Kauffman? Is parking the same for the Royals than if you go to a Chiefs game? I haven't been to Royals game Possibly. in a long time. Let's look. I've been to probably one more Royals game than I have Chiefs games over the past 10 years. All right. My analogy so. might be bad. But if they, a lot of you were saying that for sporting games, parking prices, I'm going to call it minimal. I mean, to pay 200 bucks for a season if there are 20 matches at home, that's minimal. I mean, that's that's less than it's going to pay you for than it's going to cost you for event parking. And you can downtown. get away with the location that Children's Mercy Park is in. You don't necessarily have to pay to park to get into those sporting games. You can go right. park in the Legends. You can right. go park, whether you should or shouldn't. That's another conversation. Right. But the fact is that you can, and you're not having to pay for it. Texer says it's cheaper at Arrowhead. A season ticket holder can buy a parking pass at Arrowhead for 40 bucks. Okay. Why does the KC Current think people are going to pay this? They must think people will pay this. It, it, I mean, location, stadium, shiny, team, new thing. shiny new things, ooh, ah, uh, flashing lights. That's got to be what it is. I, um... The last time I went to an event at T-Mobile Center was just a couple of weeks ago when um, Nate Bargetzi was there. And I know my way around power and light pretty well. Um, and I'm not afraid to walk a few blocks. Event parking was 
I said, that's insane. I'm not doing that. And I found, I, I had to walk a few blocks, um, but not, not, not too bad. It took me 10 minutes. Um, and so I parked on a side street. I said, there's no way I am paying $35 to park. When you go to shows or concerts or events in general, depending on the price of your ticket, does that matter to you on how much the parking is then as well? Um, I If you're going logical. downtown, if it's at T-Mobile, if it's at Uptown, the Truman, any of those venues? Um, I, I figure it in a little bit. It's a really good question because I, because I whined about this. I whined about the fees with Ticketmaster. I pay, I got the cheapest ticket for Nate Bargatze that was 30, 32, 35 that bucks. Sounds, I for think. a comedy show, that sounds about right. It was 60 with fees. And then parking was an additional 35. I already didn't like that I was paying 60 bucks. The fees, the fees yeah. are terrible. That's 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 what had me going off was I just thought the fees were just ridiculous. And so so in answer to your question, do I figure it in? Yeah. I think about it because you gotta think about what your all-in price is. And yes. if you have a, a drink when you get there or eat when you get there, that's mm-hmm. an expensive night out then. Um, it's a new stadium. They must just think to go experience the new stadium, you're willing to pay this. And maybe you are willing to pay it for the first season. Here's what stinks for season ticket holders. You already bought your season tickets. Yeah. And you didn't know it was going to cost this much to park. You probably thought it was going to be in line with sporting prices. Or you figured, you know, maybe 20 bucks or or 30 or 35 given what you have to pay to go to T-Mobile Center. Not 50. I it, Again, it's not NFL football. We're, we're willing to accept that. Because there are only, what, how many home games a year for Arrowhead? Eight? Maybe. I mean, you're willing to accept that based on the rarity of it, not for Casey Current. And like you said, you, you throw in the the ticket price for the match, mm-hmm. the parking price. If you bring the kids or the family along and they want to get food, drink, go get a scarf, a jersey, you know what you at the at the concession stand or the merch stand or whatever it is. The total that this is coming out to is going to be ridiculous. The difference um, about the Royals with a move downtown is you have more options than to drive downtown. I mean, you can park along the streetcar line, and by the time we have the new stadium downtown, we're going to have a streetcar that runs two more miles south. You have There are more lots down there. A lot of people work down there, and so they can just walk to the new stadium after work. But, yeah, if, you know, if T-Mobile Center said we're going to raise event parking – I don't know who controls those garages. It's probably not T-Mobile Center. But if whoever runs those garages says, okay, we're going to raise event parking from 35 to 60 bucks, not, you're not going to have as many people. They just won't drive or their carpool. They'll just figure out other ways to do it. It's um, maybe just for the first season, it's going to be like this. And that, you know, once, once it depreciates for a year, it won't be as bad. Um, I, I got to tell you, this makes me... I was so excited about this stadium. I don't go to a lot of sporting games, but I'm excited about women's sports and I'm excited about the stadium being there. And I love what we're doing at the riverfront. Finally, I'm not paying 50 bucks to park and we don't know what it's going to be for regular single ticket holders. Yeah. Really Cause be the more. website, their website says everything you either get put on a wait list or you just wait to find out. So, and I'm, I'm the same way, you know, I've, I've, only lived here, I think, for about two, almost two years mm-hmm. at this point. I'm bought into Kansas City. Yeah. I like that the Chiefs are – I'm not a Chiefs fan. I like that the Chiefs are winning. I like that we're getting the World Cup. Yeah. I like that 
maybe something good might be happening for the Royals in the future. I like that they signed Bobby. I like that they're doing all these things. I yeah. love this city. Yeah. So that got me excited hearing, hey, we got this new shiny stadium for the women's team that hopefully is going to be good this year. That would be really cool. I would have liked to go to some games, but now I'm second guessing it. Yeah, I, I want to know the explanation from Casey Current. Um, I and, and again, if you had already bought your season tickets and then you find this out, I hope you've got money sitting around uh, because you're going to need it. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see if they get back to us, see what they end up saying about it. And um, keep us posted. For those of you that are season ticket holders, thank you to those of you who let us know, who gave us the heads up. We had not heard it until you told us. Uh, keep us posted and let us know what you end up hearing. Um, and if you end up doing it, when's the first game for Casey Current? I know I'm asking you a thousand questions that you don't have in front of you. March 16th. Thank you very much. Um, okay. So we're less than Against a month away. The Portland Thorns. Okay. Um, we're going to find out pretty soon whether people are going to be willing to go or not. Yes. Speaking of the new stadium, let me just pass this along. Uh, last week, we talked to uh, Jill Coxon of Chartreuse Saloon. Her business is among those that sit in the footprint of where the new stadium would go uh, there in Crossroads area. They've been having meetings. There was a meeting last night with that neighborhood group for Crossroads, and she put on Facebook a little bit ago, there's a meeting at Truman Sports Complex at 3 p.m. today regarding the new stadium. This one is open to the public. That's all she put up. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to talk about. But again, the um, the effort against that vote is loud and I'm hearing nothing from the other side. Maybe there's a plan I don't know about, but there are still a lot of unanswered questions. And I say this is somebody that has to, has to gets to vote on this on April 2nd. Um, the no vote is loud and the other side's not saying much. And um, they need to, they need to get working on it because I, I sit here still having questions about it. So we'll see what comes out of that meeting. And we'll be talking more about that with, uh, with a guest on with us tomorrow. All right, we'll take a break. Coming up, we will get to this story. Uh, this is out of Washington, D.C. There's a guy who is suing the organizers of the Powerball lottery because the lottery made a mistake. They acknowledge it. They made a mistake with the numbers. He says, not my fault you made a mistake. You owe me $340 million. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Welcome back in here on a Wednesday afternoon. A quick bit of breaking news out of the world of aviation. Took them long enough. Uh, we have a ton of stories. There are so many we won't even get to today. Um, we've got the wing that cracked mid-flight. We've got the fight that broke out on the flight. Um, we've got several others we'll get to later. But the announcement has come out that Boeing uh, has replaced Ed Clark, the leader of the 737 MAX program, in the wake of that door plug incident with the Alaska Airlines flight. Uh, let's see. Katie Ringgold will be replacing Ed Clark, an 18-year veteran of the company, as vice president and general manager of the 737 MAX program and Renton site. Company also announced a bunch of other leadership changes. Um, the statement says, our customers demand and deserve nothing less than making sure... Here's what the statement says. I'm announcing several leadership changes as we continue driving Boeing's enhanced focus on ensuring that every airplane we deliver meets or exceeds all quality and safety requirements. Yeah, I hope they meet all quality and safety requirements. That seems like something very basic there. The question we'd asked about this, um, so this answers one part of this question, was who's Boeing going to can? Who's Boeing going to get rid of as a result of what happened there? The other question we had is about the plant. 
where that happened in Renton's just north of Seattle. Um, there was a person at the plant who didn't catch it, who didn't catch it with the bolts. And so good on Boeing to to say, okay, we've had enough problems between the 737 MAX 8 and now the 737 MAX 9, which is what this was. Will there be any fallout at that plant in um, in Seattle? And we don't know that part yet. But Boeing announcing today that Ed Clark, who's in charge of the 737 MAX program in its entirety, uh, he's out now. All right, moving on here to the story out of Washington, D.C., uh, there is a guy named John Cheeks who chose numbers for the Powerball. Uh, this happened back in early January, January 7th. And so he's got the Powerball ticket and he checks his numbers and he looks on their website, the DC Lottery's website, and it shows the winning numbers. And just imagine it was the numbers that he had. It showed the numbers that he had on his ticket. He's looking at it the early morning hours of January 8th. He sees the numbers. And he thinks he has won $340 million. The website shows it clear as day. That's where I go to check and see if I had the winning numbers. And it showed he matched. So he thinks he's a millionaire. So he goes to redeem his ticket. Says, hey, I'm the winner. Give me my money. And he was told it was denied. That's out of a lawsuit that's been filed in the Superior Court of Washington, D.C., Uh, He filed a complaint with the Office of Lottery and Gaming, but was denied again. And during a hearing that he requested, the company that operates the D.C. Lottery website, which is an important distinction here, there's a company called Teoti, it's T-A-O-T-I, that operates the D.C. Lottery website. It admitted it accidentally posted the wrong numbers to the site. It said it accidentally posted Cheek's winning numbers to the website, and they stayed there for three days. So the wrong numbers, probably until the next time they did a drawing. So they weren't removed for three days later. The executive director of the Office of Lottery and Gaming backed up the company's claims and denied his win. Um, His lawyers argue in the lawsuit that because the winning numbers on the D.C. Lottery website match the numbers on his ticket, he is entitled to the entire jackpot when it was available at that time. Numbers on the website showed he won. It wasn't his mistake that you put the wrong numbers up. That's your problem. Uh, his, are, his lawyers are arguing that if the court rules that he didn't win the jackpot, he is still entitled to damages for the defendant's gross negligence for posting the mistaking numbers, not correcting them for days, not issuing a public correction, and trying to cover up the error and deny payments. My guess is that Teodi, I mean, if I'm the DC lottery, I'm finding a new operator for my website and I'm, I'm getting them out of there. He is seeking $340 million in compensatory damages and is asking for a jury trial. My question to you is, is he entitled to anything? Should he be entitled to a dime out of this lawsuit? Do you? Should he be getting the three, the full $340 million? Should he be getting anything for gross negligence, for the mistake that they made? How you don't... So he must have been the only one that won, or he must have been the only one with the numbers that matched what was on the website, because otherwise they would have caught it. They would have caught it sooner. It wouldn't have stayed up there for three days. Or other people just haven't come forward. Or they or hadn't yet. Yeah. Here's my dumb question. where If you buy... I don't buy lottery tickets. Where do you check the numbers? Do you not go to the website? 
if you buy lottery tickets, where do you go to check the numbers to see? Do you have to go in? Somebody educate me. But I would think the first thing I'm going to do is Google it. And I'm going to, okay, the drawing was at 10 p.m. The next morning, I'm going to I'm gonna Google it. And I'm going to go to the website, and that's going to show me the winning numbers. So if the numbers are wrong, that's not his fault. How this company left the wrong numbers up there for three days and didn't catch the mistake is, is beyond me. Should he be entitled to anything? Um, I'm going to take any pain and suffering out of it because he didn't really lose anything. You know, it was just a few days of him thinking that he'd won and then it plays out a little bit and he finds out he didn't. But should he be entitled to money for the negligence, for the mistake that was made? Uh, 913-586-7798 if you want to get in here. Um, Yeah, some of you were asking how many other people... uh, got numbers right or wrong here and were, um, you know, were somehow got in trouble over this. Uh, we don't know that yet, but his lawsuit's pretty big. Let's go to the phone. Steven's called us up out of Olathe. Hey, Steven. Hey, thanks for, thanks for taking my call. So I remember the uh, Kraft macaroni and cheese mini fan, mini fan fiasco. I don't know why anyone in their right mind would want a minivan, but uh, if you match up to the front and the back of the minivan, you get a minivan and they had like, thousands of winners can you remind me i don't remember the the situation they you you buy your macaroni and cheese and inside of there is a game piece it's either the front of the, the outline of the front of a minivan or the back of a minivan and if you match up the front to the back if you get a front piece and you okay. get a back piece you get a you get a minivan and they messed up. Oh, I remember this. Yes. And they, uh, and they sent out a bunch. But I'll tell you, you know, if I go into Home Depot or the grocery store or wherever and a product is sitting on the shelf and it says this price, I'm dragging that cashier back to, the, back to where I got it to show them the, uh, the tag. And they're going to have to sell me that at that price. So someone someone needs to answer. It's not just going to be denies, denies, denies. He gets money out of this. Steven, Maybe that's... not the full amount, but he gets something. Let's talk about that analogy for a second, because uh, I think that's an interesting way to, way to go with it. Um, okay, so taking your example, I go to the store and it says the product is $5 and I go to the cashier and it says 10, rings up as 10. And I tell the cashier, well, let's go back and look. There's a sign there that says five bucks. Do they have to sell it to me for the five? Or can they just say, you know, the new sign fell off. There was a sign there you that know, said 10 bucks, but the sign fell off and that's not our fault. I think I think that they can say that. But most of the time to uh, keep people from turning Adam or Karen, and it's Adam because Adam bomb or a damn fool. Mm-hmm. It's Adam and Karen. Uh, then they just do that to appease the person. Legally, yes. I don't think that they have to, but they are going to get that price changed right after they get that uh, right after they get that sale done with you. Boy, that's interesting because the price is not a promise. You know, it's no, not. I don't, I don't think that it is. But most of the time, I I would think that uh, most people do not want to deal with a situation right. uh, coming forth. And they would, they would rather, you know, I mean, they were willing to sell that product for that price 10, 10 days ago, three days ago, one, one day ago. So it doesn't really matter. You just do a, a manager's markdown, 
and you uh, you do that. But um, for for this, I mean, somebody somebody has to answer. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody has to answer for this, Stephen. It's a really good and call. I think that he I think that he gets money out of this. It's not the full amount, but I think that he gets some sort of uh, uh, a settlement out of this. I think it's really interesting, and thanks for bringing up the analogy. The other thing I'll mention here is, and again, if you buy lottery tickets, educate me. Does it say somewhere on the Powerball ticket that you buy where you are supposed to go to check the numbers? Because if it says on that ticket, and I bet it does, here's, you know, either you have to check them in person. If it says on there, here's where you go to check the numbers, they are only responsible for the accuracy of that place. And if it didn't say you can check them online as that being a guarantee, then if it didn't say that, he went to a place that wasn't guaranteed to have it right, if that makes sense. Um, but somebody educate me more about the Powerball tickets. We have callers on hold. Hang with us here. We'll get to more of your calls next on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Talking about the story out of Washington, D.C., you have a guy who uh, bought a Powerball ticket and the morning after the drawing, let's say the drawing is at 6 p.m. or 10 p.m., and the morning after the drawing, he goes onto the website for the D.C. lottery, and he sees his numbers posted online. In the spot where it says, here are the numbers in last night's drawing, he looks at his ticket, he looks at the website, he looks back and forth and says, oh, my gosh, I won $340 million. So he goes to um, he goes to the office or he goes wherever he has to to try to claim that money, and he is denied because he said, what they said was, no, actually, those aren't the winning numbers. And he said, but your website shows it right now. It, it shows it. And what they found out was that the separate company, the outside company that manages the website and has the job of putting up the correct numbers, put up the wrong numbers and left them there for three days. Uh, so he has gone to a couple of different avenues. Now he's filing a lawsuit saying, you owe me $340 million because your website shows these numbers and these are the numbers I had, or at the very least, you owe me money for gross negligence for the mistake that you made. You posted the wrong numbers. You left them there for several days. And I'm, I'm coming back to the part where the DC lottery did not announce the mistake. A couple of you were asking about other people, like what about the person that really did win that had the accurate numbers but didn't know it because the wrong numbers were posted or they did know it because they went and checked in person or on the app or whatever it was. Now you have two people both claiming to be deserving of that $340 million. Um, I, I'm coming back to what's the reliable source then. 
And many of you are saying, and I don't want to steal Becky's thunder here, but that there's an app in Missouri, that there's a way that you scan it. Okay. But what they need to do is tell you, here is the source that you can count on. And if they didn't tell him it was the website, he might be out of luck here. 913-586-7798. Becky's in Kansas City. Hi, Becky. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say there's something in the law called apparent authority. And basically how that works is if I go into a Hoover vacuum store and the 16-year-old kid tells me it's 49 bucks, and I go to check out and it's 89 no, he has to honor what was sold. He is acting on behalf of the company. Same in this case. They are an authorized retailer of the lottery. They're going to have, I would think they're going to, he's going to get something. Just food for thought. Yeah. Um, man, I, my prediction is that the company that runs their website is fired. And, yeah. And I don't know if he gets anything. Um, it it really is going to depend on what they told him about where to check the numbers. And if you are told, like many, many listeners are telling us, you check it through the app and he looked on the website, but not the app too bad. So sad. I don't know. I, I think there's, I think there's going to be something there for him in it, but we'll see. I hope so. I hope that you're right. Um, thanks a lot, Becky, because I, as I raised some what ifs here, what if he quit his job? What if he looks online, he sees that he's got the right numbers and he quits his job and can't get his job back? Isn't he due money then? Because based on the information that he saw, he's he's up 340 million. And so he's quit his job. Now what does he what does he do? Um people make impulsive decisions sometimes with a lot of money. We hear that all the time. And so what if he did something crazy and now he's out whatever money he spent and the website showed it to be correct. I do not for the life of me understand how the wrong numbers stayed up there for three days and nobody pointed it out. Even if it wasn't a winner, even if it wasn't another, another guy like this that looked at it, nobody else from the lottery or nobody else from this company was looking at that website to see if it was true, to see if the numbers were right. And the fact that it stayed up there for so long, I don't, I don't like that. Um, because he could check back multiple times. Like he could look at it and say, oh, well, maybe they just haven't updated the numbers yet. You know, maybe he looks and he thinks, oh, those are the old numbers. I'll check back tomorrow. But the numbers are still up there and he thinks, okay, that's okay. Those are my numbers. I'm good to go. Uh, 913-586-7798 if you want to get in here. Jeff is next up out of Overland Park. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Hi. I, you know, I would just be shocked if there wasn't some sort of a disclaimer on the ticket or in the lottery rules for Washington, D.C. that says not responsible for errors or some sort of thing, kind of like a lot of casinos have that uh, to kind of insulate them from a machine screwing up and saying, oh, you won the big jackpot. And then they come out and say, no, that, that was the machine. You, you, you didn't win anything or, you know, you didn't win the big jackpot. I'll bet you somewhere they have covered themselves in some small print somewhere. If, and if they didn't, I would, I'd really be amazed. I think you're right. I think there are probably, as with most things, you are agreeing to a lot more than you realize. Yep. Yep. And, so. and you got to read all the rules that nobody reads and, uh, uh, some lawyer will, will get them get them out of this. Although I tend to agree with you about the thing about, you know, they didn't 
they didn't make a, any sort of uh, announcement or release or they didn't change things. You know, in the computerized world, you can change that kind of stuff really quick and correct it, not wait three days or for the next drawing to occur. Um, maybe they'll maybe they'll give him free lottery tickets or something, <laughs> uh, which would be funny if they gave him, you know, yeah, hey, we're going to give you a dozen free lottery tickets. And then one of those won. Yeah, that would just, you know. That'd be hilarious. I would say it's time to play the lottery, but he's already doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks Thanks a lot for the call, Jeff. I appreciate you getting in. Uh, Yeah. um, Questions are coming in. Like, what if the person who had the correct numbers threw away their ticket because they looked at the website and thought they didn't win and they threw that ticket away? And now the lottery doesn't have to shell out $340 million. Yeah, there are. Those are the kinds of things that make me think he deserves something. He doesn't deserve the whole thing, but maybe he deserves Something somewhere in there. Uh, Independence, we go to to talk to Jack. Hey, Jack. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for the call. Hey, um, you know, you just kind of touched on it. You know, there's all kinds of different prizes, too, available in lottery. You know, you don't get the you know, jackpot, and there's several, like, for a million dollars and $10,000. So if they posted the wrong numbers and then somebody looked it up and said, hey, you know, my numbers aren't earned and threw the ticket away, you know, that that's, that's a big deal there, too. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, this might not be the only lawsuit. Yeah, I said, because that could be, that could turn into a big thing for several different people, you know, so. Definitely, definitely. Good point, Jack. Uh, thanks for getting in here. Next up, Jim has called us out of Topeka. Good afternoon. Yes, my question is, is this was the only place that the lottery posted the numbers? Did they post any numbers that were the correct numbers anyplace else? If they didn't do that, they're on the hook. That's a very good question. Yes. Uh, and we don't, I do, I do not know the answer to that. I don't know how it normally works when you buy lottery tickets. Again, other than the app, is there another place where you can go to check those numbers and, and you would expect them to be accurate? That was, that was the question because if they didn't post the correct numbers any place else, and this was the only numbers posted, it's time that they get their checkbook out some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. Should I be expected to check to make sure the lottery didn't make a mistake with the numbers? Am I, should I be expected as a purchaser of that ticket to check the app and check the website and check this other website and check Twitter and check whatever? Um, Should that burden be on me now with $340 million involved, I'm probably double checking it a couple of different places to make sure because you don't want it to be wrong. But you can't deny um, that the company that runs this website made a mistake. Is he a victim of that mistake? We talk about victimless crime. Is he a victim of that mistake? Or is there no victim of that mistake? Was nobody harmed in that company making that mistake for three days? I don't think his chances are great, but I'm glad that he's asking for a jury trial. And I hope that this plays out in court because I can't wait to check it out. All right. uh, We'll take a break here. We'll wrap up the hour next on KMBZ. Welcome back in on this gorgeous Wednesday afternoon here. A little bit cooler today, but uh, happy to have you with us. Dana Park's coming up at 2 o'clock. Quick reminder that the radio community has come together. You can find details about this on KMBZ.com. 23 radio stations, different uh, different owners, different companies that have come together to raise money for the 43-year-old woman 
who died at the hands of a shootout, as we've learned more details about this week, Lisa Lopez-Galvin. We are helping to raise money for her family and the kids that she left behind. The link is up on KMBZ.com. That is up on GoFundMe. Uh, Let's see where we're at here. Uh, The goal had been $75,000. It's up to about $380 now. So thanks to everybody who is contributing there. Um, They said the donations will be sent securely to her husband, Mike, from GoFundMe. Um, She was wearing... Uh, the jersey. Why is the name escaping me? Um, he gave Harrison her, Butker. Thank you. I could not think of the, the last name. She was wearing his jersey um, to the rally. My understanding is that he has contributed a jersey for her to be wearing at some point during memorial services, which is super cool of him. So, um, KMBZ.com is where you can go to find that link. Uh, I'd forgotten about this one, but again, we were talking about the two suspects now, the 23-year-old and the 18-year-old, whom prosecutors have charged in connection to this. Maybe mom didn't know that her son was one of the two suspects that was going to be charged here. Uh, But the mother of Lindell Mays, he's the 23-year-old. He is the one who admitted that he shot first, that when this whole altercation happened, it was him and it was a group of guys that didn't know each other at this rally, he admits now that he shot first. Not only did he shoot first, but he didn't really care who he was shooting at. He just went over. This was the group where they said, what are you you looking at? What are you staring at? I mean, it was literally about that. He admitted that there were a lot of kids around and he didn't really know who he was going to hit. He just picked an individual in that group and fired that direction It was the other one. It was Dominic Miller, the 18-year-old, that fired the fatal shot that killed um, Lisa Galvin. So, but still, Lindell Mays spent some time in the hospital, and his mother, uh, Tennille Burnside, this was out of the Daily Mail, had set up a GoFundMe for him. Um, I will tell you that that fund raised $100, and then it was taken down um, because he now has been charged with second-degree murder. Well, let's see. When is this Daily Mail story out of? This was updated a little while ago, but it was originally out of last night. So when the story first went up, um, his mother and his sister had said he's not a monster, saying he was going through a tragic time. He was in the ICU, is in the ICU, fighting for a recovery from several surgeries, from going to the Chiefs Super Bowl celebration parade with his older sister. Uh, He was shot multiple times at a time that was supposed to bring so much joy to many. And some of you are going to become enraged at hearing that. And I get it because so am I. Um, He now has been charged with second degree murder, uh, remains in stable condition, being held under an armed guard. Uh, And Gene Peters Baker, the prosecutor, said that yesterday, that we consider them to be in custody. Um, And one was released. One of the two men was released. But even in custody at the hospital, we consider that to be that that's secure. They're not in jail, but that's a secure environment for them to be in. Um, So that GoFundMe did not get to go very far there. I also understand um, that some of you are taking issue now. uh, And I I, I sort of don't know what to do with this, but some of you are taking issue with the fact that we had many more victims than Lisa Lopez Galvin, that there were uh, almost two dozen people that were injured Many more that we're going to find out had injuries from from running away and tripping and and tripping over things and all that. And I understand the concern about so much money being raised to go to one family. And I would just say that 
Um, it affects a lot of people that a lot of medical bills are going to be high. And that's also why there are multiple other organizations like the United Way. There are other groups that have come together that are raising money for all of those victims. So just keep that in mind that there are many ways that we can be helping the people that were affected um, by the shooting. Yes, we didn't get the chance to talk about it earlier because we simply ran out of time. But yes, I did see it uh, that Mays was arrested in Belton. It wasn't for doing basically the same thing uh, to the person that just said that, but um, I cannot remember what the charge was. Disorderly conduct, I believe it was. He was at a community center uh, in Belton shooting basketballs. He was he was playing basketball and got into a confrontation with some people. Um, and uh, there was a gun involved in that also, if I'm not mistaken. And he scared people. People started running away. And so he then was, uh, he pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct. I think he did 90 days of of something. The point being, he just got off of unsupervised release. I mean, he did two years and that happened. He was sentenced in 2022 and he had just gotten done with that. So, yes, Belton police knew of him before. So far, we're not hearing anything about the criminal history of Miller, but we do, in fact, know um, know that about him. So keep an eye on everything. Again, Gene Peters Baker made it clear yesterday there will be more charges. There will be more arrests. So far, nothing has been announced for today. It could still happen, but we'll definitely keep an eye on it. Um, I have a couple of creepy crawly stories to wrap the hour with. It's been kind of a heavy couple hours here. So I have a couple of, if, if these make you a little twitchy, then just be aware of that. We've got one out of South America. We've got one out of Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> and I like that uh, firstcoastnews.com just didn't hold back. 150 live bugs removed from inside a man's face at the Jacksonville hospital. I warned you. Um, I thought it was just his ear, but apparently uh, the larva got all up into all everything, uh, all up into his nose and sinuses. And they're not sure how it all got there. Are there pictures in this story? Uh, yes, there are. I am not clicking on that video. Holy cow, do I not want to see it? Yeah, I didn't even, I'm going to be honest, didn't even click the link that mm-hmm. you sent yesterday. I wanted nothing to do with this story. So he apparently has a compromised immune system, which is what made this worse. Uh, but the patient said he started feeling off in October of last year. He said he had a neuroblastoma 30 years ago, which resulted in the removal of a cancerous tumor in his nose and left him with an extremely compromised immune system. He said he was feeling symptoms since last fall, and it wasn't until last week that his face started to become extremely swollen. He said he was getting constant nosebleeds every day, constantly getting nosebleeds. So he goes to HCA, Florida Memorial Hospital in Jacksonville, and the doctor, this is straight out of Grey's Anatomy, the doctor says, I see movement in your face. Um... They had an on-call ENT. They took a camera. They looked in. Uh, The images baffled the doctor. Dozens and dozens of bugs alive. This exact same thing happened on TV. And feeding on the inside all that tissue and stuff that was in the nose and the sinus cavity there. Uh, They are not microscopic bugs. They said the larger ones were as big as the end of a pinky finger. Um, they were scurrying around and looking for places to feed. That's the most detail I think that we're, we're going to look into. He said he doesn't know how they got in there. 
He said it's possible he wasn't as diligent as he could have been when it came to washing his hands after handling dead fish. The good news is it's extremely rare. doesn't happen very often. So um, that's good, I, I guess. And then the world's largest snake has been found. Uh, this has been discovered in the Amazon rainforest very far away. Thank goodness. It is as thick as a car tire. It is 26 feet long. It weighs 440 pounds. Uh, it is the northern green anaconda. It was found by a TV uh, host, wildlife host, Professor Freak Vonk. I just read it off the screen. Uh, they said despite having a head the size of a human's, he was not scared of getting up close and personal with it. We've got the footage of it. And yes, the head of this snake, and they've got pictures of it underwater, is as big as this guy's head. I'm good. Aren't, aren't we glad I, we kind of got these out so. of the way here? That's right. that. I, I, I no, don't. I don't need anything to do with this. They said, yeah, it has been confirmed as a distinct species in a new study, and the biggest one they've ever seen ever, ever, ever. Does this not scare you when you go travel all over the world and you hear about these things? It does. It does. It crosses your mind a little bit. It does. When I went to Australia, I knew everything there wants to kill me. Everything there wants to kill you. I saw a scorpion. I've seen this when I was in Morocco. I saw a scorpion on the tent wall. I've, I've I've seen a couple things. It's not lost on me that it happened. Not dead yet. No, still here. Still, still going. Still, still trying. All right, that does it for us for the day here. We'll turn this over to Dane and Parks and rejoin you tomorrow here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.